And thank you for tuning into the Business of Wealth Show with your host, Mac Hatram. Let's go. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love, like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity? So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, Mac Atrum, the business coach. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be here in conversation with Mr. Paul Foe. He's a sales coach, global sales um, expert. We're going to be finding out more in a moment. Hey, Paul, thank you for jumping onto the Business Success Show. Thank you. It's my pleasure being here, Mr. Mark. Thank you. I'm very grateful. All right. Excellent. So, Paul, let's get going. So, for those who don't know Paul, and by the way, if you don't know him, you've got to jump onto his Instagram. <laughs> go and know him because he's giving so much value to everyone, regardless of who you are, every single day. Every single day he's giving value. <laughs> so, um, he's a global sales coach. He's a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. I said Forbes. Forbes. He's going to tell us more about that in a moment. He's a TEDx speaker. He's a writer for Forbes.com as well, giving value all the time to people who will listen and pay attention. He's an expert in sales. And Paul, I want to say this. Thank you again. And tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. What has been the journey um, up to this point? Tell us. Go ahead. How did you get started? What got you started? All right. So, so thank you for that question. Thank you. Uh, so context helps people understand where people are coming from. Sure. And so for do, those of our listeners who are, who are not conversant with Africa, I started my entrepreneurship journey selling books from office to office. My goodness. So I was selling books and recharge card. Okay. So for those of you who are in the UK, use Leica, use uh, Virgin, you just tap your phone. In Africa, that was not how it started. You had to buy those cards and load your phones. That's right. So I was the I was the guy at the base of the pyramid. When the network companies released the card, I was one of the guys at the base of the pyramid that sell it one-to-one. You can't scale that. No. That's like only $2 a day. Wow. That was my life as a university graduate. Mm -hmm. But I was selling those books from banks to banks and office to office. The good thing is that I used to read the books before I sell them. Wow. Yes. If, if you've ever been to Africa, if you've ever been to Nigeria before, I don't know if they do that in Ghana, you see people selling books in traffic on the road. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Good. And <laughs> I always tell them that, do you read this book that you are selling? Most of them, they don't read it. I say, I used to be in your position. I'm no longer there because I used to read those books. And that's the yeah. funny thing, isn't it? <laughs> the, the books themselves are the gold mine, right? Yeah, that, and the guy doesn't read it. Right, there you go. <laughs> he doesn't read it. You go there eight months later, eight years, one year later, three years, he's still doing the same yeah. thing. Still yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he has a gunpowder in his hand, but he's not using it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so that's how my entrepreneurship journey um, started. And then at some point, and I began to write. I've always loved writing because when I was in school, a lecturer told me, I wrote an article, the lecturer spoke into my life and said, you know, you have a future in writing. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, so I took those words very, very seriously. So I used to write a newsletter, a physical newsletter. This was before digital, right? So I used to write a physical newsletter and I would go to small companies in the city called Portacot. I would tell them to advertise their products and their services in the newsletter, but I would distribute the newsletter for free. Of okay. course, I got the idea from reading the book. So then what I used to do now to... to to develop an air of traffic, I would tell some of my friends to call the companies that are advertising the paper and say, you know what? I just saw your ad. How much is this product? So they feel as if it's getting a lot of energy and buzz. Oh, and then the 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 CEO or the, or the or the head of medical of a the, Nigeria has what they call the national the Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation. It is a body that takes care of all the oil and gas companies. So they have hospitals. Okay. So they had a branch hospital in a city called Port Harcourt. And I think one of the leaders in that place read the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And someone, and they now said that they, they needed someone to give a talk on customer service. And someone I said, you know, I just read this letter from this guy, picked it up in his supermarket. And I think we should invite this guy to give a talk. Wow. And, and as they brought me in to give that talk, I never left there eight years later. They kept giving me jobs over and over and over and over and over again. So that is the genesis of my entrepreneurship um, 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 journey. So I've never really worked for anybody. Right. That is it. So I always tell people, when, when, when people look at the knowledge business and sometimes laugh at speakers or trainers say, oh, you are just teaching it. You have not lived it. Right. To right. sell it is a lot of, and I need to put that out there because you don't need to have cancer to cure cancer. I don't think you heard me. I'm going to say that again. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, the doctor that cures a person's cancer doesn't have the cancer. Uh-huh. You can be an expert by research. So that was my entrepreneur. That is my entrepreneurship journey that I've been on and I've never looked back. That's on amazing. Straight from, straight from university. Well, as a graduate in university selling, yeah pop-up cards yes uh, two dollars a day i yes. mean and if you don't sell you don't eat you that's don't it sell, you don't eat that's it and then, great and then move on to selling books office to office we yes. call door to door listen people yes in a day door to door sales happens yes. I mean, it yes. was tough and yeah. if you can survive that you can survive anything that's because what 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 that is is high level of rejection and yes. other people say no Yes. Don't come here again. Why yes. are you bothering us? Tell us yes. a little bit. Tell us about rejection at an early age uh, as an entrepreneur, and how did that shape you? Rejection or the objections that you used to get. Funny enough, sometimes you know that humans are meaning-making machines. Mm. I was too young to interpret the rejection as people didn't like me. Okay. In Good. retrospect, and that's and that's the honest truth to God. Right. I yeah. didn't see it like people didn't like me. Uh-huh. I just said that you know, if they say no today, I'll go tomorrow, I'll meet somebody else. So at the end of the day, like this is not what happens to you that matters, it's your interpretation of what happens to you that matters. Yeah. I didn't see it as rejection. It was tough. God knows. It was difficult. God knows. My self-esteem was shattered. I know people that went to school with me, they had better jobs. I know all of that. Mm. But I was educating myself and having a good time. To me, if I had food to eat that day, that was a triumph. Wow. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. You, you was too naive to know that it was That's a right. 
and you That's just right. keep coming back. That's coming right. Back. Coming That's back. Right. That's Fantastic. Right. So then you um so tell us what you've been doing these days then, because I know you've got you you you're working with clients here in London, in the UK rather. You're you're working with you've been working with clients in Dubai. You've been working in clients around the world as well as Lagos, where you started off. So tell us what that entails. What is it you do for your clients? Okay, so so for right now, I am a sales coach. Okay, I'm a sales trainer, and I also recruit salespeople for organizations. Okay, yeah. So that's basically what I do. I help businesses in entrepreneurs increase their sales by over 15 to 20 percent mm -hmm. and i also work with the sales teams of organization i did sales training for one of the biggest if not the biggest real estate company in nigeria for one year i taught sales every week for one year okay that's a lot of things for you to teach a particular subject for one year you must really love it and you must really know it you must really uh, know it. Yes. yes yeah so that is that is that is what i and i also write books i've written seven books Congratulations. I, I love to write. I've written over close to 300 articles in my own newsletter. I have a, I have a weekly newsletter called The Four Letters that people read religiously. Um, so I write a, an article every single week on, on that. So that's basically um, um, what, I, what I do. That's my, that's my main bread and butter. Okay, great. So, Paul, thanks for that. Now, now, now I've got some context. Now we have some context. You know, you're not just a trainer or a coach who read books and started teaching it. You actually yeah. lived it, yeah. suffered it, you went through yeah. it, yeah. and you learned from the hard way. Yeah. Now, when you're training salespeople and entrepreneurs, you know exactly what yeah. you're doing and why you're doing it that way. Yeah. So tell us, um, for those people who don't like sales, I'm talking about um, especially a lot of our listeners are small business owners, they're entrepreneurs, um, and if they don't like sales, it affects cash flow. Yes. What can they do to start saying, hey, I've got, I can follow a process, whatever that process is, mm -hmm. to improve the income coming into the business so I can improve my uh, cash flow? Mm. So I, I, I think sometimes the reason why they don't like sales is, their, is a narrative in their head about what sales is. Mm. They think, they look at sales as you making people buy your product. They look at sales as, you know, people will always reject you when you look at sales. But if you look at the etymology of the word selling, actually, actually means to serve. To serve, yep. Yes, yes. Because at the end of the, in selling, you are actually, and the, the word serve means to help. Correct. It has utility. It, it needs to help. Now, when you believe that you have a product that can actually help somebody, you are in love with the features and the benefits of that product. There's nobody that will tell you. You will be propelled to go out there to look for somebody that needs it. Mm. You are recording me. We're using Zoom right now. Zoom is not ashamed to tell you to buy a payment plan. They're not ashamed. That's right. They're not ashamed because they know that anywhere Mr. Mac is, he can record his podcast in the world. They are serving Mr. Mac. Yeah. It is utility. They're helping Mr. Mac make his dreams come true. So functionally, he cannot function without, without Zoom. Yeah. So yeah. Zoom is obligated to tell a lot of people that they need this service. 
Uh-huh. So I need people to start to think about it that way. That removes the shame and the negative connotation that people have about selling. Selling is actually serving. Sure. Then you need to now say to yourself, there are different methodologies to sell. There are different books on sales. And that's why I always tell people all the time, don't read a hundred books. Read your best 10 books. Read them 10 times. Right, right. <laughs> I believe in that. So pick is, because you see a lot of people, they'll go from one coach to another, one sales book to another. If you ask them, which of them have you done repetitiously? Most of them have not done it. So they don't even have a sales system. Correct. Yeah. So you need to figure out what has, what has you see, there is something called signal and noise. Mm. When you're doing your business, there's a lot of noise. But if you look where they are setting signals, the signals are the things that are working. You want to double down on those signals and bet heavily on those signals and overdo those signals. So that is that is my own way of you know looking at what sales. You find a system that works for you, over index on that system, repeat it over and over again, and be remember that sales is serving. The moment you can understand that, I mean, I work with a company. They did sixty billion naira in um, in 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 um, in uh, in real estate sales. I mean, and I don't know if, I don't know what that means if you translate that. Maybe like thirty million pounds in or forty million pounds in real estate sales. So to me, I I can never be ashamed to tell somebody that I want to help you increase your sales because right. I know I can do it. There you go. There you it's, go. In fact, it is a disservice to you if I don't tell you if I don't sell myself to you because I know that I can help you. So, Paul, what I'm hearing you say, look, and listeners, if you have a service, if you have a product and you are not pushing it out there and telling Mm -hmm. people it, um, then you are doing a a disservice. In other words, you're being selfish. You're being selfish because they then don't know that, hey, this product or service is going to help them. But the moment you say, hey, you've got this problem. I know you've got this problem and this will help you to overcome that problem. I can help you overcome that problem. That's what we're doing. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to help you. Yes. So, And I love that. So anyone listening in, if you think, I don't like the word sales, I don't like the word selling. Good. You love the word serve. Yes, that's right. You like the word help. Like if you do, translate it to that. Then it becomes the the limiting belief and the mindset around sales excellent i love i love that i love that tell us about the work you do for um uh, you, you love writing uh, you have a podcast you also um write for forbes tell us about your work as a forbes um member coach a uh, part of the coaches council all right so the forbes coaches council is like the council of the elite coaches in the world in different it's like a big network you know, they have their criteria to admit people in and all that. So thankfully, I became a member last year. It's oh, been a great God. experience. I've written two articles singularly, and then I've, I've written one with uh, in collaboration with other people. So in total, I've done three articles uh, for Forbes.com. Uh, um, then I've written uh, um, seven books. My two best-selling books are 15 Simple Selling to Anyone and Irresistible that I've sold over 5,000 copies. Now, this is important. I'm, I'm not saying it to boast because the average author does not sell off 1,000 copies a year. They don't. Yes. I mean, I'm in the book business. A lot of authors don't sell a lot of their, their, their books because they don't see the book as a business. Mm. yes it's not a business they just talk about it once and, and that is that's another conversation entirely most most authors are terrible at selling their books yeah 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 you're, you're <laughs> right because they write it 
But yeah, I remember who said it. I think it was Robert Kiyosaki. He says, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a best-selling author. Author, not, not a best writer. writer. <laughs> not, not a best-selling. Yeah, exactly. Author. Not a best writer, yeah. a best-selling. Yeah. So that, that's a distinction. Yes. People listening in, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, a book. Tell us about the power of having a published book. Oh, that's so In relation to marketing and sales. It's so, it's a door opener. It's, it's a call card. It establishes your authority. Mm-hmm. It makes you omnipotent. It makes you omnipresent. You are everywhere all at the same time. There's this, there's this, I always use this guy as a case study. James Clare wrote the book Atomic Habits. The book has sold 10 million copies as we speak. 10 million copies. Do you know that before the book came out, he went to iTunes and, and look at the top 300 podcasters in the world. All right. He sent all of them an email to tell them, I have a book coming up about around habits. It will be good for your audience and I would like for you to interview me. Only 78 or 75 of them agreed to interview him. And that started the spiral effect of that book that you're seeing. My goodness. Oh, yeah. So he approached it like a marketer. Very now, tell me, my brother, Mark, the average author will not do that. And if you tell them you need to pay for coaching to learn how to sell this book, they won't listen to you. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, a I, problem. <laughs> it is. You know, when you do write a book and you do publish it, you have to get behind it. Oh, yeah. You have to push it. You know, oh, yeah. Four books. Oh, yeah. You know, the uh, I remember when I wrote Face It and Fix It, the business book, uh, which is available on Amazon. And when I, I put a whole energy behind it, ended, yeah. I, I did a whole launch. And when yeah. we launched that book in the very first week, I sold 36,000 copies That's in the a lot. first week. That's a lot. Because of what you're saying, because yes. the marketing and the launch, and, yeah. and I had support to do that. And I remember that week when I saw, when I, when it became an international best-selling book, uh, in number two, yeah, number one was my book. Number two was Anthony Robbins' money book. Yeah. Number three was uh, Tim Ferriss' The Four Hour Work Week. In that, yeah. I mean, yeah. so you're absolutely right. Without energy, without marketing, without selling the book, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Some people rely on their publisher uh, to do that. Even yeah. that's not going to happen. They're going to rely on you to push it. So yeah. that's a great point. So when you say you can you have to treat your book as a business. So first yeah. of all, push the book, treat it as a business. When you say it can be a door opener, yeah. where else can it take people? Uh, once you have that book, yes, it can open doors, but mm-hmm. how can you build a business around it? What can you do? What can you add? What can you utilize that book to to, to create other avenues for? I mean, let's let's look at the typical example. The seven habits of highly effective people was written by Stephen R. Covey. He's dead now. Yes, but, but that business, the business is still going on. The, the his business is built on that book. Mm-hmm. That's a generational business, highly successful business. And it's a great talking about we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in that book. That's it. That's it. <laughs> look at look at John Maxwell, the twenty one irre- irrefutable laws of leadership. Mm-hmm. That has spawned into a coaching business. He will never be poor another day of his life. Now he's certifying other people to become John Maxwell coaches. It was from one book. Right. Because it... that book is a business. Mm-hmm. It's a business. Because many people don't see it that way. That's the problem. From that one book, you can actually spin out a podcast from it based on the book. You can spin out a coaching business from it based on the book. 
you can spin out a curriculum for organizations to use based on the book. You can certify other people based on the book. Tim Ferriss is the one, I think, apart from Joe Rogan, that Spotify gave $100 million. Tim Ferriss probably has the largest, the second largest podcast in the world. What started his career was the was the was the four hour work week. Yes, it was a book. It was, it a, was book. a book. It was a book. You get me? So and and the good thing about the book is that you write once and you earn forever. Absolutely, Absolutely. you earn forever. So the upsides of having a book is unlimited. Uh huh. So it has unlimited upsides. Yeah, which is great. You've given great examples. Yeah, great examples. you know. It's, Turn it into a curriculum. Uh, get hired as a speaker. Yeah. Do Patreon programs. Yeah. You can create your own membership sites. Yes. Let's spin it into a podcast. Yeah. So many, many avenues. Yeah. I, I, I love that. For those people, so for those people, for example, someone might say, but Paul, you don't understand. Mac, you don't understand. I'm only a financial advisor. I mean, why, why would I want to write a book? I'm only uh, a housewife. Why would I only, why would I want to write a book? I'm only this. I'm only that. <laughs> what would mm. you that? Yes, I love what Theodore Roosevelt said. He said, every man is my teacher because they know one or two things that I don't know. Mm. So if you are a stay-at-home mom, there are tons of things you know about children right. that the average even entrepreneur doesn't even know. You oh. don't need to be a hundred-step ahead of people to teach them anything mm -hmm. it could just be that you're just a few steps ahead of them i mean I, I mean think about it you see some people they've been a teacher for 40 years and then they retire there's no book to their name nothing to encapsulate that experience of being a teacher for 40 years so how do we make the world a better place mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're right there <laughs> so it's um it's um it's 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 really why is um why is the entrepreneurship industry in in, in in America is so good because if an if an American does something successfully they will document it in a book mm -hmm. they will put it in a book but the average African will not do that right, right even in the UK it's just starting they won't they use they didn't used to do that because that makes the world a better place. You know, like the South Africans, they call it Ubuntu. They say that I am because of you. Nelson Mandela said that when you live your dreams, you give other people the permission to live their own dreams as well. Mm. Yeah, so your book is a permission, it's a permission ticket to another person. So you know what? If Mark can do it, selling 36,000 copies of his book in, in a week, you know, I think I can do it. I'm just going to understudy this guy. I've been a finance guy for 40 years or 20 years. I can turn my experience into a book so that the mistakes I made, the new finance guys will not make that kind of mistake. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. That, that, that's a good way. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And right. Now, what I want to do, Paul, and help me out with this, someone decides, yes, okay, I understand what Paul is saying. A book is a door opener now in relation to sales yeah how does it relate to sales in terms of the effectiveness in closing sales okay using the book to close sales yeah absolutely oh, that, that's very good that's very interesting so uh because i used to live in nigeria then i moved to the uk the guy that used to work with me mm. uh so just before i moved he got another job he's still working with me freelance and he went for a job interview. 
And um, the interview now boiled down to just two people and they were both qualified. In fact, the other guy was more qualified than him. So this big company was saying to them that both of you are qualified. But why would we choose one person over the other? This is my staff now saying, you know what? I've got a podcast. He said, I've got a podcast and I've recorded like 10 episodes of that podcast around sales and marketing. Wow. The organization is saying, can we see the podcast? They saw the podcast. They gave him the job. Oh. <laughs> Very. Be- because he has demonstrated competence. Of course. Yes. Good yes. Good. There's, good. There's proof of work. Yeah. So sometimes you may just even, for right now, you don't even need to print the book. You can just write an ebook and just keep it if you don't want to feel like selling it. Yeah. And you know <laughs> you the fascinating know. thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're saying that because we're thinking around the same line. You see, the fascinating thing is the positioning yeah. is that, hey, this person knows something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. The moment you have that book, you're now seen as the expert. Yeah. You're seen as the expert, and most people want to hire and deal and work with, with the expert, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. That's so, yeah, so in terms of the sales process now, in terms of the sales cycle, and your friend, your, your colleague, for example, who got that job, closed the deal, yes. got yes. that job because of positioning. Yes. I have an information uh, system. It's a, co- it's a podcast. Yes. I've, 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 I've shown competence in this area. Yes. And, and the company's taking me rather yes. than... Yes, fantastic. yes. Fantastic. Very, very powerful. And you can use that... In, for example, I worked with a lady in, in the UK. She's a coach in the UK. She's a mindset coach. She wanted to write a book. So she paid for a coaching service for me to work with her in her book. The book became an Amazon bestseller for 19 weeks. Excellent. So today she uses that in her profile. Amazon bestseller. Right. It's a door opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's see a that. door opener. <laughs> I, I see that. Nobody can take that away from her. Uh-huh. That's a door opener. It, it, it certainly is. It certainly is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have, Paul, do you, as a sales expert, do you have a process that if somebody says, hey, look, I, I, I understand, Paul, I know I need to sell. Um, what are, Do you have five steps I should take, four steps I should take, six steps I can follow? So if I do A, B, C, D, E, G or something, I may become better. Um, is, is there is there a, a, a system or process I'm following? Well, yes, yes, there is a process for this because sales is a behavior. Okay, go ahead. It's a behavior and it's a habit, so we can train behavior. Mm. Yes, we can train a behavior to produce a specific result. Okay. So if we say the outcome of this is that you want to be able to make sales, the starting point is your thinking first, your mindset. Mindset. Okay. Yes. Yes. You must believe that you are not hurting people with your product. Like mm. I talked about earlier, you are serving, you are okay. helping people. Got it. You are helping people. Next, you must have certain critical beliefs. I call them your sales belief, your sales presupposition going forward. Because mm. I'm, an, I'm an NLP practitioner. They will have what they call NLP, NLP presuppositions. Okay. So you should have your own sales presuppositions before you even start. One of the critical presuppositions you must have in sales is that, number one, if you don't hunt, you don't eat. Mm. It's just a belief. Yeah, now, yeah. It may not be objectively true, but if you approach life like that, it changes everything for you. Definitely. 
The second presupposition you should have in sales is that the the um the in terms of communication that if people don't understand you, it is never ever their fault. It's always your fault. Right. <laughs> now that may not even be objectively true, but that what that does is forces you to fine tune your communication so that you are understood. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. they're just presuppositions now because you're using to trick your brain. All yeah. right, good. But after you've after you've gotten the mindset, you got the mindset right. You need to when I, when I get into the habits, they are behaviors. They are a salesperson must be conscientious. If you want to be successful in sales. Mm. I mean, before this podcast, me a link. I booked the time. We we'll put it in the calendar. That's that's a conscientious person. Because Mike, a lot of times people don't people lose sales not because they are not talented, but because they are not organized. Of course, yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah. return the calls. Mm-hmm. They didn't go for the meeting on time. Mm-hmm. They send the email on time. <laughs> so I always say put our time by like, be incredibly good at the things that require no talent. Yes. Yes. So you have to work on that first. So you do the mindset, you work on the self-master self-organization. After we worked on that we, 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 with the clients, we now enter marketing. Mm-hmm. Because marketing and sales are not the same thing, but sales need marketing to work. Right. Marketing is the noise. Marketing mm-hmm. is the attraction. Marketing mm-hmm. is the visibility. Marketing is the awareness. Because if people don't know you, they don't buy from you. That's right. If you have never seen me before, I, I would never be on your podcast. No. no. So awareness is kind. That's where marketing comes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of salespeople, a lot of people, they are very shy about putting themselves out there because of their conditioning. Yes. <laughs> you know, they kept telling her, you know, don't be proud, don't put yourself out there. All of those, all of those narratives are in their heads. So they they shy away. And because they shy away, they will see people who are not even as talented as them get the jobs, and they're like, come on, man, I can do it better than him. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Popo is dropping some noise. Dropping some nuggets. Go ahead. So we work on their marketing and their marketing channels. Once we get the marketing channels right, that is the front end. Then we enter the sales process. Mm-hmm. So when the calls come now, or when you're in front of the client, what do you say? We enter questions. Because sales is not talking. When I talk to you, I'm giving information. That's not persuasive. Mm-hmm. When I ask you questions, I'm more persuasive to you. Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's where the power is that's so we right. teach them how to ask very powerful open-ended and close-ended questions mm-hmm. how to build rapport mm-hmm. both in writing and in person and then we teach them how to undo the critical sales objections that will come up yeah all right and how to undo those sales objections and turn them into money so that's basically what um what the what what the process is but they must think long term they must you say i mean is it Miami? My average sales training is like three days, man. So <laughs> there you go. See, the, so I just wanted you, you just pointed out the fact that there is a process people can follow. And most oh, yeah. people do not have a process to follow. They don't. Hit and miss, hit and miss. Yeah. They haven't taken the time to develop their sales mindset. Yeah. Which is where you started from. Yeah. And they haven't taken time to really understand the marketing arena. Uh, in yeah. terms of how am I going to create awareness? How am I going to create noise? How am I going to attract yes. and the right people? And when they yeah. come, how am I going to build rapport? What questions am I going to ask? All so much so that they can make up their own mind without yeah. trying to force them. That's right. Something. That's so I it. love your process. Hey, Paul, for those who want to 
learn more from you, connect with you? What's the best and easiest way for them to do that? So I'm very active on Instagram at Paul Fo. They can send me a DM and say I came from Mr. Max Podcast at Paul Fo. I also have a podcast called the Paul Fo Podcast. That mm-hmm. is, um, I'm, I'm serious about it as well. And uh, uh-huh. my newsletter, I mean, I write every week. It's yeah. called the Four Letters on Substack. So those are the three. Those are the three main ways if they want to reach out and uh, to me. Yeah, excellent. That's good. Then so hit Paul Foe up at um, Paul Foe Podcast. Yeah. Also, you can get him on uh, the Paul. Thank Foe, you at Paul Foe. This has been a very very great conversation. Very good. <laughs> Loved it. So, absolutely. So Paul, I want to say thank you for jumping on here. Yeah. Um, thank, you. thank you for adding so much value. Hey guys, remember to like. And also follow and share this podcast with your fellow entrepreneurs, business owners. And remember to subscribe. If you're not subscribed to this channel already, make sure you do that. And so we can bring you some more awesome people just like Paul Foe. Thank you for listening. And Paul, thank you. And we'll catch up very soon. Thank you, Mark.